What is going on, my fellow geeks? Three movies with elves and a guy with a white beard. Not a lot of people accept it as canon. 2022 will be the year of Star Wars. Well, I have more than just one piece of geek news. I have been Isaac Hunter. Which is like high culture, but better. Hello, fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, the weekly pop culture podcast where we talk all things geeky and geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. My name is Hope Goodall, host of the Raving Geeks podcast, along with my co-hosts, who will introduce themselves in a minute with our question of the week. If you're just joining us for the first time and you want to check out our other episodes, you can find them at cm-life.com and any other place you listen to podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Just search Central Michigan Life Podcasts, Raving Geeks. Um, so our little hiatus of spring break turned a little bit longer, but that is okay because life is sometimes more important than our podcast as much as we love our podcast. Um, <laughs> but we did have... Uh, the Oscars, the 95th Oscars, uh, happened on the 12th of this month. So uh, if you are watching us on YouTube, I'm sure that you, you can see all of our backgrounds represent uh, something from the Oscars. So our question of the week is, what was your favorite moment from the 95th Oscars? Uh, Mike, if you want to go first. Right. This is a difficult one. I oh, I think that my favorite moment that I was able to see like was Kihoi Kwan um being a you know, doing his speech, doing all that stuff, winning uh best supporting actor. Um that was a really great moment. There was another moment that it's kind of tied with, but I think this one, I definitely had a lot of um, great feelings towards. I nearly cried, and it was it was just magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I would say my favorite moment was probably Guillermo del Toro's speech for when he accepted the award for Pinocchio and him saying animation is cinema and that animation is ready to take the next step. It was really cool and impactful, and I really liked his speech. Um, my favorite moment was honestly the performance of Natu Natu. Um, I absolutely loved the dancing of it. Like it was so amazing. My dad and I were watching it. Um, and it remind it reminded us of the Irish river dance style a little bit, but it was still like a really cool like scene to be able to watch and listen to the music and just like watch everybody get into something that's different and you know really cool um from another country mm-hmm. so um on to our geek news for the week there well for the last couple of weeks um we'll try to be brief but there is a bit so bear with us so who would like to go first um uh, mike you want to go first yeah yeah i i don't have too much I think that um, I, I was here really for the Oscars and all that, but um, uh, I have about two things. One, um, Willow, the Disney Plus series, uh, just got canceled uh, for, for its second season. Uh, I 
know my family watched the first season and I heard that the ending was just a little bit of a uh, not the greatest mm-hmm. so I can kind of understand why but at the same time the the actors I've seen really really like doing the show so it, it really is a shame to see it get canceled um and the yeah Tony Rivoli in it didn't it uh from Spider-Man oh. Homecoming I think so. Flash? Okay. I think so. Yeah, I think it did. Okay. Um, again, I never really watched it. it I'm I'm now just kind of on Disney Plus for Star Wars. That's really it, or The Simpsons. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I I'd be curious to see how first season was. Watch it and just see, you know, what I missed out on and what others are really missing out on with a lack of second season mm-hmm. um, and the second bit of news that i have it's really quick um it is that Den- denzel washington is in talks to join gladiator 2 which mm-hmm. i will be completely honest i didn't know there was um going to be a gladiator 2 so the fact that denzel washington is going to be a part of it everybody likes a good denzel i, I think that this will be just adding to it yeah totally but that's all i have. <laughs> uh, i guess i'll go next uh i'll try and run through all my news here pretty quickly uh we got some sad news regarding samuel which he was diagnosed with stage three blood cancer so that was terrible to hear but um then we had Del Toro's Frankenstein get announced for Netflix which I'm really excited about because Del Toro is such a great um, he's such a great director and I enjoy a lot of his projects that he puts out so I'm really excited for that um, Batman Cape Crusader got picked up by Amazon after HBO Max canceled it so that'll be like a new animated Batman series in the style of the old late 1990s early 2000s Batman series which that's really exciting um, Ghostbusters 4 got its working title release which is going to be called Hell's Kitchen and that's actually super exciting because they might be taking um, ideas from Dan Aykroyd's uh, canceled Ghostbusters 3 film where Ghostbusters literally went to hell and fought the devil. So I'm actually really excited for that. And I hope the fourth one goes a little bit darker with its themes and takes the Ghostbusters to a whole different place. Uh, but my final piece of news is Jenna Ortega's and Star in Tim Burton's Beetlejuice 2. And Beetlejuice 2 was uh, confirmed to be directed by Tim Burton, and he's going to be writing the screenplay for it, which I think that's really exciting, and I think that means that we will get a good sequel out of it. Uh, but that's all my news. I would just say uh, Tim Burton better be directing and writing Beetlejuice 2 if it's, yeah. you know, who is the first one. I'm also going to say I am kind of mad at my sister um, because she took her theater students who just um did had their musical which they did the musical version of bring it on Hmm. which is slightly different from the 2000 movie uh with Kristen dunst um but she just took them to go see beetlejuice and i was like are you kidding me and you didn't invite me oh my gosh that would have been so great like yeah um uh, it's gonna take a while to forgive her for that one um (laughs) But speaking of musicals, Wicked the Movie Part 1, um, the release date got moved up by a month. 
So we still have to wait until next year. But next year, November 27th, is when Wicked Part 1 is going to be released. Um, so it's not a Christmas release, but it's a Thanksgiving release. Um, I don't know why it got moved up. Because it got pushed back a year, and now they're moving it up. I don't know what's going on in that, but hey, if it means I get to see Wicked on screen sooner, I'm happy. Um, And then, speaking of release dates getting moved, Loki Season 2. Disney Plus changed it from saying Summer 2023 to now just saying Coming Soon. Which is very ominous, and I don't like that. Um, I don't know if they decided to like change things around, um, or if they, you know, Marvel's doing a slight adjustment of the. Are we in phase four or five? It's five. Um, if they're doing a slight adjustment of you know the what's being released when, because you know Marvel's really good at that. Um, but speaking of Marvel things. John Berthenol's Punisher is returning in Daredevil Born Again, and the series is beginning filming this month. So we will get Daredevil Born Again very soon. Um, but unfortunately, Eldon Henson and Deborah Ann Wall are not returning as Foggy and Karen in Daredevil Born Again. And yeah, I am that's sad. I am uh, not I... okay with that because like Foggy, come on, guys. Um, in some good news for Marvel, though, for um, what if season two, we're getting a Native American um superhero who is Kahori, and she's going to debate debut in season two, and the episode is asking the question, what would happen if the Tesseract fell to Earth, and landed in the Sovereign? I apologize for how much I'm about to butcher this, and I'm going to try not to butcher it too much. The Haudenosaunee Confederacy before the colonization of America. Um, so the Tesseract takes on a new life and a new mythology, transforming a lake into a gateway to the stars, leading to Kahori, a young Mohawk woman on a quest to discover her power. Written by Ryan Little, the episode was created in close collaboration with members of the Mohawk Nation, like historian Doug George and Mohawk language expert Cecilia King to ensure cultural authenticity. This episode takes place in the Mohawk language <laughs> and is informed by the history of the Arquin sasane region in what is now upstate new york uh doug george is uh, excited for viewers to see the episode and says it tells a remarkable story from a native mohawk perspective which is truly unique and historical and will give the viewers a new challenging and entertaining perspective on this land's first peoples the story is dramatic the characters fully realized and the action action sequences are breathtaking the episode is exceptional in another sense it is done with the complete cooperation of the mohawk people from dialogue to adornment um 
It, he also adds, I had a wonderful writing mentor who worked extensively with the indigenous community in upstate New York. And I was excited to draw on that experience to build an entirely original corner of the MCU with storylines for new indigenous heroes written from a place of respect for past generations op and optimism for future ones. Cohorti, pronounced Cohorti, is a real wolf clan name, meaning she stirs the forest or is someone who motivates those around her. In her debut adventure, Cohorti will have to live up to her name to recruit powerful allies into the fight to save her people and change the course of history forever. Um, so Evan is showed what she looks like too, and it is absolutely beautiful. Um, it like I'm actually excited for this one, especially if it's going to be like I don't usually like having to read subtitles because it distracts me from what's on screen. Um, but I am very much looking forward to having subtitles because it's in a different language. Um, moving on to um, Fire Country on CBS has added two new cast members. Um, Once Upon a Time alum Rebecca Mader and the rookies Kanoa Goo will have both have recurring roles in season two of Fire Country, opposite of Max. I say Thoreau, but it could be wrong. Terriot might be how you're actually supposed to say it. Um. So, and then we've also got John Mulaney has a new stand-up comedy special coming to Netflix on April 25th. It's called Baby J. Um, I don't know if that's gonna a play on his son or what exactly um motor city comic con has added two stars to their list coming uh may 19th through 21st jonathan frakes and brent spiner of star trek next next generation will be in attendance mean girls movie musical as busy phillips as regina george's mom um as so instead of um oh my gosh i can't remember her name from the original movie um but it's gonna be awesome is it amy poehler yes or is it amy poehler no and amy poehler thank you um i'm gonna say the other bit of sad news and then i'll end on a happy piece of news which leads into our geek topic for this week John Wick star, The Wire star, and Percy Jackson series star, uh, Lance Riddick, Riddick, unfortunately passed away on St. Patrick's Day or the day before, uh, excuse me, at the age of 60. Um, they said that he passed away peacefully of natural causes. I don't understand how someone at 60 dies of natural causes. Um... But I, I guess Zeus really wanted to see his incarnation in real life, um, you know, who was going to be playing him on screen and unfortunately took Lance Reddick from us. Um, so he will be missed, but thankfully he did record all of his episodes for season one of Percy Jackson series. 
so we don't have any like change up in the middle um and our final piece of geek news for this week is that everything everywhere all at once is officially the most awarded movie ever Mm -hmm. and i think that is completely awesome considering the cast and um just everything about this movie like there's so much to unpack with it which leads Mm -hmm. us so nicely into our topic for the week of the 95th oscars um we had as mike said for his um favorite moment from the oscars kihoi kwan one um supporting actor best supporting actor for the movie um i'm jamie lynch jamie no. lee curtis jamie lee, lee curtis. curtis thank you i was like <laughs> i am combining names here uh jamie lee curtis won the um award for best supporting actress um Michelle Yeoh won Best Actress, and of course, Everything Everywhere All at Once won Best um, Film. Um, and I would also like to say that Kihoi Kwan got his award from Harrison Ford, which mm-hmm. I think is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Like, they were up on stage doing the whole Spider-Man mm-hmm. thing of like, but it was just so beautiful on stage um i I think that oh go ahead no go ahead i i think that harrison ford did that for um best picture yes Um, so that's when they came up and sure enough harrison ford immediately went to kihoi kwan yes which they were kihoi kwan was talking about like um he had seen harrison ford beforehand i don't remember where he said but it was one of those that like he knew that Harrison Ford was going to be there and he was super excited but also worried about like is he going to remember me because you know I was a little kid and his agent came out and like was like hey you know Harrison Ford's out here so come on and um he was like yeah Harrison Ford turned around and kind of had like kind of like did the Harrison Ford look you know the yeah and thought and he, he was like oh no he doesn't remember me and then Harrison Ford uh said his name he was like you're um oh my gosh what's his name from short round yeah and like he was and Kihori Kwan was like yeah that's and so like to know they had that interaction beforehand and like I'm so proud of Kihori Kwan this year like he's had so much success coming back and his acceptance speech was oh so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I w- want to start off too with um, because there was a lot of first things that like um, like first time things for the Oscars happening for the ninety fifth Oscars, and you don't necessarily think about it for a ninety fifth. You more think about it for like you know 75th or 100 oh yeah <laughs> um so what were some things that stuck out to you guys um i don't know it was all really good i like lady gaga's performance at the oscars that was really impactful mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, it was just a good Oscars this year. I'm glad Brendan Fraser won Best Best Actor. The only thing I'm I'm upset that didn't win was Puss in Boots didn't win Best Animated Film, and um, the Batman didn't win anything either, especially for sound effects. You know that he should the Batman should have definitely won for that one. I love this Oscars. The only caveat that I did have. Um, and this is kind of like a small thing, but I really think that Jamie Lee Curtis, she did a great job in the movie. It's kind of weird to me that Jamie Lee Curtis and, uh, Stephanie Hsu was, were, were both in the nomination for best supporting actress, Mm -hmm. um, specifically because Jamie Lee Curtis's character, uh, I, I've heard that brilliant like total time of the movie she's in about like 20 minutes of it um when stephanie shu's character is pretty much like i i wouldn't say antagonist but just one of the the main main roles and she killed it i mean that if you really look at the different personalities the different uh inflections the different just everything that she had to do for this role it's probably the most uh like astounding performance in all of it and it definitely did just kind of make me feel a little bit sad to see that jamie lee curtis got it i mean good for her but i think that stephanie shoes should have gotten it definitely i think Angela Bassett should have gotten it, but she looked really disappointed when she didn't get that award. You know, when they flashed over to all the celebrities, all the yeah. time, she looked really, really disappointed. Which people were okay. So I have like two comments. So first on Angela Bassett, people were like getting upset at her for her being a sore loser, and I was like, really? She like poured her entire soul into making that movie after someone she probably considered family passed away like mm-hmm. are you sure she how much was she like breaking down you know once the scenes were done because you know she was putting everything into it um about you know for Chadwick Bozeman and to honor him and honor the characters honor the storyline that he started um so like I understand how does you know her disappointment i don't know why people are upset that she wasn't graceful or whatever about losing like you're allowed to be upset um yeah yeah i agree my other thing going back to jamie lee curtis is i honestly like i was kind of on the fence because i didn't watch everything everywhere all at once um so i can't like talk on how you know the different their um roles in their acting but i loved her speech her speech saying like this award isn't just me like she's it's all of us we all won this award um mm-hmm. and like then going on to talk about all the people that honestly you can't have an actress in a sporting role nomination if you don't even have the writers or you know the creators of the movies and um mm-hmm. 
you know, all the people to help you make, make you a good actress and the experiences. And so that, and honestly, that was a lot of the speeches were very much like, thank you. You know, all these other people, like they weren't super self-centered this year's speeches Mm -hmm. or the generic, uh, thank God. Thank, you know, Oh yeah. Say thank you to the director, you know, the crew and fellow, you know, they were all very humble and like everybody deserves this award speeches. I appreciate it. I think that made it a better Oscars. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I really think that the pandemic uh, really did just kind of make people think more about you know what what they wanted and I think this uh Oscars was definitely giving more for underrepresented groups for Mm -hmm. you know just just a lot of that and because these were some first time wins first time wins for uh certain you know uh, uh people of color certain minority groups um I think that there was maybe just a bit more um thought into okay i'm the first person you know for for our group to to be able to get this this award what do i say and Mm -hmm. especially for for a lot of those people there's a lot of support there's a lot of people that need to give these these you know groups a chance to show what they got and uh, sure as hell this this you know a uh, year they they showed what they had they uh, they gave oh, yeah. everything and everybody really really got to see you know what people were made of and i think that's kind of the difference with this one they th- there was just a lot more thought about what to say who to thank and it, it wasn't just some oh yeah i got another oscar what do i say now Right. These were people who never in a million years imagined. I mean, Brendan Fraser's speech. Oh my gosh. Oh. I was, that one also nearly moved me to tears because of how just speechless he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's... he was basically just struggling to go through the entire speech because he was just having almost a mini panic attack during that speech and i felt so bad but so happy for him well Mm -hmm. so the other part um you know going off of like history in the making this year um at the oscars there were 16 first time acting nominees and then there was also the first song nominated from an indian film was natu natu oh right yeah oh yeah also won um steven spielberg has been nominated in six different decades for awards yeah that's insane to think about and um john williams is not only the oldest oscar nominee um but he's probably the most nominated uh nominee with 53 nominations Oh my and I don't God. remember how many he's actually won, but yeah, he he's been I nominated. He's at least won five, at least five. <laughs> like he's been nominated fifty three times, but you know, 
So what's the ratio? <laughs> so listen, John Williams has won a crap ton of um awards for his original scores. So just because he's nominated and hasn't won a ton of Academy Awards, Oscars, uh, does not mean that he is not fantastic. So just he won he was originally the first time he was ever nominated was in 1968. Just mm-hmm. to say how long he's been at this. His first win was Fiddler on the Roof in 1972. Um for the best scoring adaptation and original song score. Mm. He then won best original score for Jaws in 1976, mm-hmm. Star mm-hmm. Wars in 1978, mm-hmm. and E.T. in 1983. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until uh, Schindler's List in 1994 yeah. that mm-hmm. he won best original score again. Um, and then he hasn't won any Golden uh, Oscars, Academy Awards, whatever you want to call them, since. Mm. Um, That's that a pretty good one to cap off on. Yeah. But he has been nominated in a lot of, so in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 210s, and 23s. So he has been seven different decades nominated mm-hmm. compared to Steven Spielberg's six. But they're old. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So I just wanted to actually talk a little bit about um, RRR and Natu Natu. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't seen the movie. I'm planning on seeing it like very very soon because i've only heard that it's like one of the best movies of this year it definitely should have been nominated for that i've heard mm-hmm. um, definitely but i i did actually want to say that um just kind of as a cm life cmu type of thing um there have been a lot of uh international students uh coming in and one of the the one of my coworkers, Monikar, um, he was telling me about how he was really really happy to see that Natu Natu won um, the best. I want to say that was the best song. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think which, so. That's the you know, best original song. Or, yep, best original song. Which he seemed just like very happy about that. I'm pretty sure I remember him saying like. Uh, like they're finally recognizing us mm-hmm. and yeah. it's really 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 nice and really cool just to see um, other cultures other other groups just actually being recognized I really think mm-hmm. Parasite kind of opened that up yeah um, for everything which Parasite's one of my favorites um I just think that international films, everything, they're just becoming a really big thing. And I, I'm excited to see what the, how the Oscars go later. Mm-hmm. I would also like to add, like, not just international, because we had All Quiet on the Western Front, which is technically mm. international, 
but international non-white some something that was internationally and non-white one and that to me was also like a huge step for the academy um in because like they i mean how often have we seen you know um non-white people being nominated but then it's the white person or you know the white led thing being um that who wins Mm -hmm. and it frustrates me it has frustrated me and i think that's also part of what made this year's oscars so fantastic was the fact that it wasn't just that it was we had representation and diversity in our winners mm-hmm. um, oh, go ahead. no i sorry oh. i tend to end with like filler words so i apologize no, you're okay i i just want to say that another thing that was like a really big uh step for the academy awards um was the lack of drama i would say yeah, I there know. was no drama. That made me so happy, honestly, that there was no stupid Twitter moments. No, there were no stupid Twitter moments. If anything, I was just really happy with this uh, uh, Academy Award uh, event because it wasn't filled with a lot of people who really seemed... There, There's a certain point, I think, where actors, Hollywood, stuff like that, you start to know the actors, you start to know like their personalities behind, you know, the 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 filming. You kind of realize that these people are just a little bit superficial, stuff like that. And you get drama, you get weird, just artificial feeling uh uh mm-hmm. moments. And there definitely were, you know, a few, um, but for the most part, I would say that the um, with the acceptance speeches, with just everybody kind of being there for each other, mm-hmm. because especially with Brendan Fraser's speech, he at some point said, like, I feel like I'm in a, a multiverse version of myself. I think kind of uh, uh, referring to, like, Kihoi Kwan to everything everywhere, mm-hmm. and just kind of supporting each other back and forth being there for each other and that's kind of what was missing i think for a lot of the other oscars there wasn't this feeling of community there wasn't a feeling of being happy for each other yeah Um, there wasn't camaraderie yeah now there now there is yeah and i think that was also shown um, when the short film for live action short film winners came up for an Irish goodbye and then they were singing happy birthday to um, the one actor oh my gosh what was his name um, up on stage James Martin and they got everybody on you know in the crowd to sing happy birthday to him mm-hmm. and you know I like that was also showing someone with a, what we consider a disability with down syndrome you know up there yeah. winning and then having so many people like showing their love and appreciation for his acting and who he is as a person 
you know, singing happy birthday and that like that definitely also highlighted the connections and camaraderie and love and care everybody had for each other this year. That that actually does bring a really great point. Um, you know, we we've been talking about how it's um, you know, this is a stage for them to to say something i i guess i didn't see that part um which i i'm feeling upset that i didn't see that because that sounds like another really really great happy moment during the uh, awards but it does just kind of make me think that they usually there's plans usually there is just like a, a speech that people just want to do about oh i want to think like you said, like, God, I want to think, you know, just some pretty, pretty common stuff. It almost seems like they wanted to just have fun with their cast. They wanted to have fun with their crew. They just wanted to just show it's not just them. It's everybody that is involved, every <laughs> single person. And because of that, I think that this Academy Awards, I think you really got to get a feeling of how many people are involved in a movie. Right. Because usually you just see the actor, you might see their like family, something like that. You never really see the like whole crew just kind of coming along and being like, oh, hey, let's sing happy birthday. Mm -hmm. That's love. That is that is endearment to each other that you never see otherwise mm-hmm. totally i thought it was really cool that they focused on some of like the smaller actors in hollywood like brendan fraser michelle yo and kike kwan and jamie lee curtis i thought that was really nice because i grew up with a lot of those actors grow like watching them in movies so it was really cool to like grow up and then see where they are now seeing like they're becoming more recognized in hollywood well i think too going back that reminded me of um, Brendan Fraser's speech, you know, that he's in the multiverse. Um, like, I remember when he came out and said that he had been sexually assaulted. Yeah. And then how fast Hollywood was to blacklist him. Um, and then it was about the same time that uh, Terry Crews came out and said that the director of the expendables um had sexually assaulted him but i think terry cruz also had i don't know how fast brooklyn 99 was on coming up after that you know if he was cast if he said he'd be um you know came out and said that before he got cast in brooklyn 99 but to i'll see the two like Here's Brandon Fraser and he gets blacklisted and it literally takes him so long to be able to come back both personally come back into filmmaking something that he loved doing mm-hmm. um but then also coming and um going to the awards ceremony um because there was another awards ceremony that happened a few months ago that he said he wasn't going to because um he didn't want to be a hypocrite um because mm-hmm. they were the ones who basically like blacklisted him and everything 
And so I think, at least my interpretation of it, too, of him saying the multiverse was um, realizing how many people actually supported him. Mm-hmm. Because Halle Berry and Jessica Chastain, as soon as they opened that envelope, you could tell they wanted to just like shout out his name, start jumping up and down. But they were just like, they, they both took a breath and you could see the smiles grow. And like, and then they said his name. And I think like between that, the, what was it? Like 10 minute applause when the whale came out in France. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, It's reception and how many people like on social media too are like, no, Brendan Fraser, we want him back. We still love him and support him. And so I think his multiverse is going from the Hollywood that blacklisted him and made him feel like he was nothing to all of a sudden realizing that he never was nothing and that, you know, he had all of these people behind him the entire time, but it was the louder voices and the people in charge that, you know, were the ones who were assholes i'll be very blunt about that or yeah. i'll be like so i like i sat there and i went if like list i was like listen i understand austin butler did a good job it's elvis and like i understand this and that with best actor but i was like if you do not have brendan frazier win this freaking award there's gonna be riots but then he you just- know he definitely deserved it. And yes. um, I think that one thing that I would want to bring up, I think that in terms of the Oscars, the Academy Award, actually like people supporting him, I also would want to bring up that the, there was something online that actually did kind of open my eyes. Like, yeah, this is a problem. And it's online, <laughs> being mm-hmm. the, the the internet. There's this really weird thing, and I want to point it out that some people are almost baby babyfying, like Kihoi Kwan. They are babyfying Brennan Fraser. They're just saying like, "Oh, look at the little man," stuff like that. And then you know, there's that opposite spectrum of. Pedro Pascal where he is just getting sexually harassed to the point of it's it's gross um just outright I would want to bring up that these people deserve it they don't they shouldn't be babyfied they had such a horrible uh, rough past of being blacklisted and the culture almost just completely shutting him out um and kihoi kwan thinking that he was just a nobody you mm-hmm. know for the longest time there there shouldn't be any babification of these these actors because they they deserve to be respected they don't you know they they deserve to have their stories heard and be happy with this stuff you know what what we are saying is we're so happy for them and they 
it, it, they, they just deserve it. They should be happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yeah, it's like there are some people that I was gonna uh, like. I think if the people shit trying to like form this into words, sorry, <laughs> but like <laughs> the toxicity that comes with being in the spotlight, and that's gonna be anyone because they're jealous or just wanna be rude and nasty for whatever mm -hmm. reason. Um, but that's when also like the good part of social media and uh the instant access we have in our world today of being able to say, um, no, they're they're the few and far between, and here's ten thousand videos that are actually, you know, everybody who loves you and is proud of you and um sees you as an inspiration and role models and you know and you know what hey it's social media we're gonna go troll the trolls now so like mm -hmm. I, I definitely social media has also uh made it that the armies of fans between behind all of our uh celebrities know how to defend for the most part there are some who just don't fully understand how to defend against the trolls but you know yeah. we sit there and go okay you're jealous you're insecure you're whatever you you do bring up a really good point of toxicity i guess yeah what what i am getting at is it's almost like a toxic positivity mm -hmm. i think that's really what it is because it got to a point where like, I, I think one moment that I always thought I was like, that's awesome. I love this was when Brendan Fraser was being interviewed, I think, like on Zoom, something like that. And he was too caught up with his Nintendo Switch that he didn't even realize the interview was going on. And they had to, like, tell him. And it kind of made news like, oh, yeah, no, he got, you know, just too consumed playing games. Um and I think that there is a difference between looking at that and being like, for me, I'm like, that's so cool. He's he's just a person. I think that's right. what I really like hearing that, you know, these people are, they're just people, you know, in a big Hollywood setup. Um, and then there's that toxic positivity where instead of looking at it like they're humble they are you know a person they they don't see it as humbleness but cuteness as as you know oh look at the little man look you know he he has his little switch it's it's that weird like standing that is online that that like obsession it either turns into a weird lust or a weird coddling. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sorry. <laughs> if anyone caught that, I'm catching up on sleep from this weekend. So I totally get that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, like, so I want to also talk about like the downside of the Oscars. Um, 
when you have not everybody can win and i understand that mm-hmm. but then there i also just like i sit there and i feel bad for some of the nominations and this year it was elvis and the banshees of inishirin because they were nominated in a bunch of categories um and they did not win a single thing. Mm-hmm. And like, first off, like there there is joy and good things in just being nominated for the first first and foremost. Like being nominated is an award in itself. But then, like, and I sit there and I do this with like the NFL draft too. Where you literally, you're there because you're hoping to hear your name called or to hear, you know, your the project you worked on called. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like the NFL draft, you know, Mr. Irrelevant is the last person to hear his name called. Or the ones like this last year's draft with Khalil Pimpleton, I was expecting to hear his name called, but then... He didn't get his name called at all during the draft, but then he got signed as a free agent to the Lions. Um, But, you know, you sit there and you're like, you're happy for these people. But then you're just like, I just wasted my entire night just sitting here doing nothing, waiting and hoping to hear my name called. But I'm not. So (laughs) what was the point? Right. Um, Like... I totally understand where some things are definitely better than the others. I get that. But I just, like, I also sit there and go, you know, like, Angela Bassett. And people were upset with her about being... And I was like, she literally was there just for that nomination. And she had to sit through the rest of the night. Like... All you can feel are just sadness in a certain way. Yeah. Empathy for what they might be feeling. Yeah. And like they might see their friends up there, you know, someone that they worked with in the past, someone they are really close with, and they're going to be happy for them. But it's also like, you're like, oh, okay, cool. I just, mm-hmm. and then, then I also think of the fans who, um, like, I know I am super duper into the Fantastic Beasts movies. But not everybody is. And I'm like, listen, if they got nominated, I'd be sitting there going, let them win. Mm-hmm. Um, but- even if I know that something else was technically better, I'd be like, no, let them win. Um, so like I also as a, from a fan standpoint, like I under I also feel this like sadness for these other people and empathy for like how they're feeling. No, no, no. They're, like, the Oscars and awards are great in some aspects, and in others, it just, you, you know it sucks for people. Mm-hmm. I think that, I guess I'm going into their perspective, and it does suck. I can understand that. There, Of course, there's always going to be this feeling of, you know, shoot, I can't believe that I, I didn't make it. I think that a lot of them, though, 
And what fans should also come to expect is these awards, they are great, but they are not validation. Right. You shouldn't feel like that's how you get validated that you are a good actor. The The fact that you even got nominated, I think, should be proof enough for that. But even if you didn't get nominated, yeah, it, that, that win, that nomination, these are just things that, that I think it, it's only a, a certain select group that chooses this. Yeah. It's not your friends. It's not your family. They they didn't personally say, no, you don't get this. Say, you know, this other movie does. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they, they love and support you. And with fans, you know, being disappointed, I, I'm not sure how I would feel, you know, if everything everywhere uh, didn't win. But I think that if that didn't happen, these are not validation that this is the best movie of all time. It's whatever you want. That's yeah. kind of like my last bit. It's what you want. The The Oscars are just there as a celebration. And yeah. a lot of people got to celebrate this time around. And that's what I love about it. And that and- might might have been where I was trying to go with that too. Of you know, it's celebrate. It's meant to bring them all together and celebrate these things that they've created, um, like oh, costume design winner Ruth Carter. You know, she this is her second. Um, she's the first black woman to have two Oscar awards, and she was the costume designer too. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we were that we as fans too. I think the Oscars and other a lot of awards fail to see the power of fans um, in like, because they're like, you know, but I mean, more before I'm hoping that the Oscars stays with this trend of diversity and everyone getting the chance, not just white people. Um, because like, especially in the past I remember just getting so upset where I was like uh no that person did not get it nobody liked that person everybody liked all the fans like this person and I think like if if there are any true sore losers of the Oscars or any award system they need to realize that that is not what makes or breaks your movie it right. is the fans and your audience. Mm-hmm. And because, like, literally, I, the Flash movie coming up, I realize it might look good and appealing, but do you know how many people are not going to go and tell everyone to boycott that movie because Ezra Miller is still in the movie? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, Hollywood higher ups seriously need to understand the power of fans. Like but on top of that, I I think that Hollywood just needs to be the Academy Awards this time around very diverse, fantastic. I think it's because movies were more diverse. I think that 
Hollywood this time around kind of stepped up and actually allowed, you know, people of color to to be in those big roles and show what they they can do. Um and I think that's really what it comes down to. The Academy Awards can give whatever they want. They can nominate people. And it it truly becomes a problem if there are no movies with diversity. If, if there are none of that, you know, we can't blame the Academy Awards. We can only blame the higher ups in Hollywood for, for you know, having a complete issue with that. And I think this Oscars, they they were a win. Seriously, yeah, this was so good. They did a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> Any final comments before we move into our geeky recommendations? Uh, nope. Bring in more cocaine bear mascots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but whoever was in that costume, I just want to give them massive props because I'm sure that they could not see a dang thing. <laughs> In that mat, like the, like that. Not at all. Like I, I, and I appreciate um, Elizabeth Banks, you know, saying if we didn't have CGI and you know people to do this behind the scenes stuff, this is what Cocaine Bear would look like. It would literally be a person in a bear costume, which I think still would be really fun i would have liked to see kaiju uh cocaine bear in a very tiny miniature town (laughs) see i think it would be flipped if cocaine bear was a person in a bear costume like it's everybody else is hiring cocaine and they're like why is this bear doing stuff because they're all all tripping out it's actually just a human in a bear costume high on cocaine (laughs) (laughs) that would have been a really fun time (laughs) all right well, as always on Raving Geeks, we like to end our shows with some geeky recommendations. Uh, this can be movies, TV shows, um, anything and everything that we like to geek out on. So what have you all got for us this week? Well, I'm going to be recommending The Mandalorian Season 3 to anybody who's watching, obviously. And to go see the movies Creed 3, which by this recording should already be in theaters. And to also go see John McCore by this recording that it will be in theaters this coming week. So excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, I might you? go see Creed 3 just to see Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan duking it out. So... I mean, it's a good fight. It's a really good cinematography, and considering that Michael B. Jordan is the director for this one, and it's his debut directing movie, he does a really nice job doing it. Okay, yeah, I always, you. Oh yeah, just I haven't seen the movie for Creed, but I just wanted to say I really enjoy the fact that Michael B. Jordan is heavily inspired by anime. Mm-hmm. Um, Finally, a little bit of props in Hollywood for for just saying anime is really cool. So I thank you, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Um, oh, God, I think what I'm just going to have to recommend really, really quickly is Peacemaker. Um, I don't know if anybody has done that already. I 
I've watched the season already and I had to watch the first episode again over and over and over again for um, a capstone paper. Yeah. And I forgot just how funny it is. And actually it has a lot of good commentary on the, the just world that we live in. Mm-hmm. And John Cena is just, I don't know what James Gunn does or if he just sees something in these pro wrestlers, but they turn mm-hmm. out to be like some of the, some of my favorite actors in superhero movies, just hands down. So go watch it because John Cena kills it in this movie, in this show. Show. <laughs> well, technically, he was in uh, Suicide, the second Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, the it Suicide was like the Squad. The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like when people say the Ohio State. It's um, the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, for anyone who is wondering who the other wrestler is, he's talking about Dave Batista. Um, but also technically Dwayne Johnson was a wrestler on WWE as well. True. That's why he's known as The Rock. Um, and if anyone else wants to see another WWE wrestler, Sheamus, who is the, if anyone has seen a very pale with bright red hair and uh, facial hair um, on social media like or anything, that is Sheamus from WWE. He was on uh, the last night, so the 19th, um, the episode of NCIS LA, and he was duking it out with LL Cool J at one point. Um, so, but <laughs> my recommendation, don't listen to the, half the people on TikTok. They're just upset that Nikolai does not look like how they imagined. Um, Shadow and Bone season two is honestly, I... I honestly have been wanting to watch this, like, I've been counting down the days. Um, It's now out, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I want to watch it. I want to watch it and not do this thing. I, I want to watch the show. I don't want to go to bed. I want to watch the show. Um, <laughs> And I'm, I think I'm on the final episode, finally. Um, but it's so good. Uh, If you thought season one was good, season two bumped it up a notch. Um. I am partially correct when I was making my predictions earlier on what happens in season two. I am partially correct, um, but that is only because I have read half of the one part of the series that it's based off of. Because it's based off of Leo Bardugo's um, series is uh, Six of Crows, which is a duology. There's just two of them. And then you've got um, the title... Uh, for the show Shadow and Bone series, which is a trilogy, mm-hmm. um, but the show basically mashed the the two together, um, because it is all in the same universe at the same time. So they are taking some liberty, creative liberties based on you know mashing them together, but it is so good. Ben Barnes outdoes himself again as the villain, um, which I know Ben Barnes as a villain does not seem like it fits but it does um so uh if you guys have any comments on the oscars any of the awards um who won what if you think what should have won um 
anything we talked about in this episode or you just want to like tell us hey you should ask this for your question of the week or give us recommendations because we love broadening our horizons um you can reach out to us on twitter and facebook at raving geeks and you can also view our videos on tiktok for also at raving geeks as always i have been hope goodrell along with my co-hosts i'm carter sally michael gonzalez and we hope that you guys have a great weekie and that y'all stay geeky see you guys later see ya